0: Welcome to Purpose and Productivity, a podcast made possible by the SkyPass Group of Companies and SkyLife Success. Join Krish Dunham, an author and speaker whose messaging has been described as the junction where God's ability and man's availability meet hope's accessibility. Welcome to Monday Musings, a segment we want to keep light one which looks at the innocence of the life we live, the excitement that innocence brings, gaze at the wonders of the world without getting too complicated about many of the things we deal with on a normal basis. We're not going to delve into the philosophical, we're not going to delve into the psychological, but we're going to deal with something fairly simple and innocuous. I stumbled on some ballads and poems written by a bush Poet, An Australian outback poet, I guess, by the name of Banjo Patterson. A little background on him. Born Andrew Barton Patterson, he acquired the name Andrew Barton Banjo Patterson. An Australian bush poet, journalist, and author, he wrote many ballads and poems about Australian life, focusing particularly on the rural and outback areas, including the district around Benelong, New South Wales. Hope I pronounced that right where he spent much of his childhood. Patterson's more notable poems include Clancy of the Overflow, The Man from Snowy River, and Walsing Matilda. A Bush Christening by Banjo Patterson. I found this fascinating, also lighthearted. Gave me a chuckle and hope it brings a little smile to your face. On the outer barcoo where the churches are few and men of religion are scanty, On a road never crossed, except by folks that are lost, one Michael McGee had a shanty. Now this Mike was the dad of a ten-year-old lad, plump, healthy, and stoutly conditioned. He was strong as the best, but poor Mike had no rest, for the youngster had never been christened. And his wife used to cry, if the darling should die, St. Peter would not recognize him. But by luck he survived till a preacher arrived who agreed straight away to baptize him. Now the artful young rogue, while they held their collogue with his ear to the keyhole, was listening. And he muttered in fright while his features turned white, What the devil is all is this christening? He was none of your dolts. He had seen them brand colts, and it seemed to his small understanding If the man in the frock made him one of the flock, it must mean something very like branding. So away with a rush, he set off for the bush, while the tears in his eyelids, they glistened. Tis outrageous, says he, to brand youngsters like me, I'll be dashed if I'll stop to be christened. Like a young native dog, he ran into a log, and his father with language uncivil. Never heeding the priest, cried aloud in his haste, come out and be christened, you devil. But he lay there as snug as a bug in a rug, and his parents in vain might reprove him. Till his reverence spoke, he was fond of a joke, I've notion, says he, that'll move him. Poke a stick up the log, give the spalpeen a prog, poke him easy, don't hurt him or maim him. "'Tis not long that he'll stand, I've the water at hand as he rushes out, and I'll name him. "'Here he comes, and for shame ye've forgotten the name, is it Patsy or Michael or Dennis? "'Here the youngster ran out, and the priest gave a shout, "'Take your chance anyhow with McGinnis.' "'As the howling young cub ran away to the scrub where he knew that pursuit would be risky, "'the priest, as he fled, flung a flask at his head that was labeled McGinnis's whiskey.' And McGinnis McGee had been made a JP, and one thing he hates more than sin is to be asked by the folk who have heard of the joke how he came to be christened McGinnis. What a funny little anecdotal look into life. You know, you have to make the most of what you have. Sometimes, even when I read funny stories, when I read funny anecdotes, when I read illustrations, I always marvel at how some people can take the absolutely ridiculous and make it into a life lesson if there is one. First, you have to make the most of what you have. Second, everything you can understand seemingly makes sense to someone else. As I was reading this and I started stumbling on other ballads written by Banjo Patterson, I realized how these would have created culture and tradition around the campfire in the outback. I realized how they would warm the people as they celebrated the lyrics and the rhymes of one of their own. It took me back to my own childhood when we would uh, remember things and uh, try to remember the rhymes that went with them. They were funny. They were designed to be funny they were innocent. They were designed to be innocent. Now, I'm not talking about the ones that teenage years uh, make into the suggestive or take you down the path of rebellion. I'm just talking of the old campfire songs that were designed to give us hope, desired to give us a little bit of focus. Yesterday when I was in church, the whole message was on hope and how hope is the precursor getting the peace and joy we require. So Mondays are usually those days when those of us who have had a good rest and relaxation look forward to get get back into the grind. Those of us who have had tumult over the weekend look at it as a place to get away from that which constricts us. Those of us who have no end in sight seemingly moving from one day to another have a different outcome. But you have to, at the bottom line, make the most of what you have. Everything we can understand seemingly makes sense to someone else. I don't understand when you go through the halls of ancient Europe and see the pillars of Rome on the busy streets of a modern metropolis. And the pillar is still standing there amidst all of the surroundings that have glass and architecture. Or going to a square in a city where they say, hey, on one side we have the representation of fascism. On the other side we have the representation of the Ottoman Empire. On one side we have modernity, which signifies our today. On the other side we have something else that defies, or defied, or defines communism. And in a square, you can look on four different directions and see four parts of your history and glean something for it because you have to believe that whatever you can understand made sense to someone else. Why else would you have a freestanding Roman pillar in the middle of the street? And if it was knocked down, the street would look symmetrical to everything else. But someone decided to leave a Roman pillar there. And when you walk by it, you see that history actually happened here. So as you muse this week, as you... Ponder this week. Start asking yourself some of those basic questions. Can I make the best and the most of what I have? Like the poem said, the little lad was listening and uh, through the keyhole he heard the whispers on the other side and they were talking about christening and giving a name. He immediately equated it in the innocence of his own mind to how you would brand cattle. And though christening is innocuous in his mind, he thought that in order to give him a name, this baptism meant that they would put a branding iron on him, just like they had done to many in the herd. And he didn't want to be maimed if he thought that's what it meant to be named. So what's in a name, right? Why get christened? Why get baptized? But this child's innocence took a different direction and he ran out. Now the beauty of it is someone decides to put that to stanza. Someone decides to put that to rhyme. So when you read it, you go back through the annals of your own time and you begin to ask yourself, when was the time you reacted so violently when you heard news that actually turned out to be something totally different? When you heard something and you thought it meant one thing, but it actually meant something else. A journey of many miles in life usually had an origin. And for this young kid, or at least in this uh, legendary story of a ballad or a poem, later on when he became a justice of the peace and people kept asking him how he got the name, he had a story to tell. Every journey has an origin. I remember when I went through my name change in the United States, I had a very, very long and unusual name. I had four initials before my name, and the initials signified the, uh, the birth identity as it related to familial hierarchy. I had one name ascribed to a maternal grandfather. I had one name ascribed to a paternal grandfather. I had another initial. I guess they wanted to make it even. Well, that was not the case because my brother has three initials before his name. I had four initials before my name, so there was no symmetry. It was just tradition that gave me that nomenclature. And as I went through my school years, I was always known by my initials and it had an origin. But when I came to the West and uh, I had to carry out uh, a name change because I was going through a citizenship process, and I had a choice to eliminate those initials and make something short, I did it for convenience. I didn't abdicate tradition for convenience. I just changed some of the initials for convenience, but the one initial I kept was the origin. A journey of many miles usually has an origin. So if all the initials in my name, I just kept one initial, I made that my middle initial. Most of you today know me as Krishna Dunham. if you know my full name. Some of you know me as Krish Dunham. Everybody knows my legal name only when they go in and look for it. But that's just an origin. And we have some fun with it by realizing a journey of many miles usually has an origin. The two things I want to ask you this week to do is let laughter invade you this week. I would encourage you to go back and pull up the poem for yourself. It simply is called, A Bush Christening by Banjo Patterson. Just type that in, A Bush Christening by Banjo Patterson, and you'll really get a chuckle when you read the way in which that simple story is put together to rhyme, and you begin to follow this child and have a little fun with it. So let laughter invade you this week. I would encourage you to go and pull up funny poems by G.K. Chesterton. When he took basic poems and then put them against the same way and flow of the ten innocence of that time. And actually, I don't think he was trying to create a counterculture as much as he was trying to say. For all the seriousness out there, there needs to be a lightheartedness about humanity, a little frivolity, a little jocular nature. Look for the innocent to enthrall you, the natural to excite you, the supernatural to entice you, and the wonders of this world to enlist you. Look for the innocent to enthrall you, the natural to excite you, the supernatural to entice you, and the wonders of this world to enlist you. I love how one of the verses in the poem simply goes this way: Poke a stick up the log, give the spalpeen a prod, poke him, easy, don't hurt him or maim him. Tis not long that he'll stand. I have the water at hand. As he rushes out, this end, I'll name him. Sometimes we just need to stand up and be counted. Sometimes when we stand up, we are prodded to stand up to be noticed. Sometimes we're poked to be stand to to stand erect and be noticed. Let laughter invade you this week. Look for the innocent to enthrall you, the natural to excite you, the supernatural to entice you, and the wonders of the world to enlist you. Until next Monday, hope these musings and moorings keep you occupied, enthralled, excited, and enticed. God bless, and talk to you soon. That concludes another episode of Purpose and Productivity with Chris Dunham, brought to you by Skylife Success. Please subscribe, rate, and visit us on the web at krishdunham.com and skylifesuccess.com, where you can find our social media links and access to additional resources. Till next time, happy learning and happy living.